Welcome to Talking Baseball. We've got a very fun interview for you today. We're chatting with Michael Lance Lynn. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. I'm John Boy. I got Jake with me. I got Trev with me. Producer BBD's here. And we, we just got done recording a very fun interview with Lance Lynn. We're excited to bring it to you guys. Jake, you said you're riding high off that interview. You enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. it's uh, it, Cured it's, your back. It's my goal going in that we just have conversations with dudes and that's, that's what it was. Uh, just, just a great dude. Like you can't, no one can walk away from that interview and be like, ah, I don't think I like that guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but he, he, see, he says that, uh, he comes off as a dick. In, well, we're giving it away, but he says yeah. he comes off as a dick in a post game interview. But I think that he, there's like this whole kind of, um, internet meme about how he's the best interview after games and all that. And he's great. Like, I think that people like Lance Lynn and they're going to like him even more if they listen to this and just see, just kind of get into his mind a little bit. Yeah. And either, either way he won't be, it, he doesn't care about what you think either way, whether you like him or dislike him, Lance is going to do his thing. <laughs> My favorite part of the, this interview um, was a rejection. Okay. He basically rejected Jake's uh, date proposal. So that was the highlight for me. I hope you guys get to uh, get into it and, and hear that because it was pretty good. Stop it. Trev, you, 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 didn't, like, ha- you did a deep dive into his stats right before we went live. And, and you, I think a lot of people will do, had the same reaction that you did. We were like, oh, shit, this guy's good. Like not your average starting righty pitcher. Like, Lance Lynn's got some stats. Yeah, I think if you're like a St. Louis Cardinal fan, you know. But for me, you know, I played in a different league than him, so I didn't really get to face him. Um, but as I'm looking, I mean, he's a workhorse. Uh, he had Tommy John in 16, but other than that, he's been a guy that takes the ball and he starts 30 games a year. Um, you look at his other numbers, uh, they're, they're all good across the board. He had a hit, little hiccup year in 2018, but then comes back in 2019, pitching in one of the most – hitter-friendly parks, and puts up essentially an MVP-type year last year. I mean, he was eighth overall, like position players, pitchers alike, in war last year. And that's really hard to do when you're only getting the ball and playing in 30 games. So, yeah, like you said, I was pretty surprised at the numbers. And then um, getting to talk to him, he's definitely – I mean, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's just a uh, phone call, so it's not a video chat for anyone that's watching on YouTube. But let's just get to it. Should I throw it right to it? Here is Lance Lynn, the classic transition noise we always play. We are joined by Ole Miss Rebel Lance Lynn. You also might know him from the Cardinals. Uh, Now on the Texas Rangers shoved last year lance how you doing man i'm doing well guys thanks for having me thanks for where? coming on man where where are you uh right now i'm in uh southern illinois i am at uh my hunting farm i figured what a better time to uh be 
be away from people than be on uh, some acreage and doing some farm work. Is it hunting season? Like, can you hunt right now? I'll get some turkey hunting going on right now, but most everything right now is getting everything. Uh, got to make sure all the uh, tree stands are safe and all the straps are good. Make sure you got your shooting lanes, all that. Uh, we're a little early on some of the stuff, but I figured I got some time, so I might as well do it while I can be here to help out. I love it. Is that a spot you found while while with the Cardinals, uh, Southern Illinois? Uh, yeah. So I was my my last year in St. Louis. Uh, I found I hunted over here, and then. Uh, I got with uh, I got a couple of buddies that are big into it, and uh, it's something that it's, it's kind of come along over the years for me. And then uh, I found a spot over here. Uh, my wife's from down here, so we found a spot about 30 minutes from uh, from her family and all that. So it's a good little spot for uh, hunting season because it's right around Thanksgiving and all that. So we can just come over here and and spend a week or two for Thanksgiving and hunt a little bit, and then it's got a nice little lake lake on it to uh, go some fishing. So Nice. Like a summer lake house, also, so it's good. Are you serving turkeys? You 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 hunt down uh, for Thanksgiving, because that's what I would expect. Uh, no. no, okay. No, we, well, we 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 didn't get one this year. We're we're trying to think if that's going to be something we do when I'm done playing, or it's like, hey, you better shoot a turkey, or we don't eat this Thanksgiving. So we're going to have to work on that later. <laughs> yeah, that sounds just about right. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We we got a bunch of deer meat though, so we're we're doing that. Uh, that's a good little good little snack for uh, over the over the summer in the freezer awesome. are you a, are you a bow hunter or are you a a, a gun guy or both I, I both um early on was uh was all uh like shotgun over here so um i was all of that and then over the last couple of years uh especially once i got my elbow fixed and it didn't hurt to try to bow hunt anymore i uh i got into in, into that and it's uh it, it feels more uh like like you're actually not cheating so I enjoy bow hunting, bow hunting more. All right. So, hey, Lance, we want to uh, go deep into, not deep, but we wanted to talk about some of your uh, past moments and all that stuff. But first off, what was the quarantine, the going home process for you guys and uh, the Rangers there? We've talked to a couple other players who they thought they were going to hang around and camp for a little bit. So, and then eventually had to go home. Was there a moment for the Cardinals where you guys were all told like, hey, get out of here? Uh, with the Rangers, yeah. Fox. My bad. I don't know Rangers. what the Cardinals did. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, um, no, yeah. We we once we got the news that uh, everything was shut down, we all stuck around because you didn't know what well, at the, at that moment we didn't know how long it was going to be and this or that. So it was kind of a weird time. Everybody was kind of in in limbo. It's like, do we go back to our home cities or do we go back or like you know do I go back to Dallas or do I go home? So it was kind of like a, we sat there for about a week because we had another two weeks of spring training. So we wanted to make sure we got all the info first. The Rangers decided to stay around as a group so we could make a group decision on, on what the best case, because we didn't want to know, we didn't want to all leave in case the season or unless we we're going to be right back into it. You know, we just didn't know we were, we didn't have enough information to just jump ship and go. And then once we got more information, uh, MLB kind of gave us some more guidelines of, Hey, this is going to be a while. And then we were able to, uh, you know, make a decision where I think uh, most of the guys that uh, were there decided to go home because they knew it was going to be a a multiple month situation. And then guys that are from Dallas obviously all went back there. And then, um, so that was kind of our decision is like, Hey, where you want to be held up for two, three months, maybe even more. And uh, so everyone kind of made their own decision from there. Was was it just good vibes at spring training this year? I mean, you guys bring in Gibby, which gives you guys a strong 
I, I mean, a crazy veteran one, two, three up top with you, Miner, Gibby. You got Gallows coming back from injury. You guys are getting the new stadium. I mean, are you guys just juiced up all spring or what? Yeah, and then you, you throw in, uh, you know, the Corey Kluber, the two-time Cy Young guy that right. uh, everyone wants to write off. So we were we were looking forward to it. And then, you know, with the with our, you know, our number five being Jordan Lyles, who's, you know, found a new gear in his career here, especially at the end of last year when he got uh, traded over to Milwaukee. We were really looking forward to it, especially on the pitching side. We knew we had some guys who could uh, hit and drive the ball out of the ballpark. So we just needed to make sure that uh, – you know, we started games and went deep in the game so we could, uh, you know, shorten the games for our bullpen because we've got some talented arms in the back end, too. So we were really looking forward to uh, what we could bring to the, uh, the season here. New stadium as well. I forgot Kluber. That's ridiculous that you forgot Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Good analysis by me, leaving out the two-time Cy Young winner. That's good. Hey, <laughs> hey, I fucked up the Cardinals or Texas thing, Jake. So, Trev, you got to fuck something up soon enough, and then we're all square. <laughs> I want. I kind of want to dig into, like, uh, some pitch usage, some baseball nerd stuff, because you are a guy that throws your heater a lot. But it's not like it's one pitch. It's. I mean, this is coming from Gibby, too. It's three pitches, cut, saying – four seamer has the new technology, the edutronic cameras, the ultra slow-mo stuff, like has that helped you with like finger pressure or is it something that you kind of do naturally or have developed over the years? Like, has that helped you like develop even further? This new stuff? Uh, I would say, yeah, I think it's more based on where I need, uh, where I need each pitch to land on each hitter for, per their swing path and what they like to do and how they like to say to try to elevate the ball or something like this. How can I export, uh, exploit certain things in their swing with every pitch? So, you know, what I've learned a long time ago is no hitter likes to cover both sides of the plate with the coming, you know, coming into them and going away from them. And then you can elevate up. And then so what I try to do is I just X each side of the plate and then have a four seam that I can plant on all four corners. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, I, he's just throwing fastballs in their mind. But it's multiple different uh, scenarios and multiple different pitches, whether you want a backdoor sinker, backdoor cutter, you know, front hip it, all kinds of different stuff. And then every once in a while when you just get fired up, you just grab the old four-seamer and, and throw a bime <laughs> up top. So it was one of those that. things where, yeah, you just, uh, you just kind of you evolved. I think a lot of it is uh, my Cardinals days was – all they ever talked about was sink the ball, sink the ball, sink the ball. And then I developed the cutter off that and I never lost a four seamer. And then now the game's all about throw your four seamer up in the zone and let it ride. And I could always do that, but I was frowned upon in my earlier years because I got too many foul balls. And, you know, if you threw the ball up in the zone, you know, they can hit it out of the ballpark. So now, you know, being that being ingrained in me to sink it and cut it, now I can do all of it on both sides of the plate and I still have my four seamer. So, if I get my curveball back, I might be all right here in the future. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, you might how, be all right. How does the communication work with the catcher with the fastballs? I mean, is he throw down fastball and you're choosing which one, or is or is it three different fingers? Uh, it's three different fingers because when you look at, I mean, the cutters anywhere from 88 to 92. Four seamer can get up, you know, to 95, 96, and in the sinker, I can go where anywhere from 80, you know, 88 to to 90. 94, 95, it depends on what I'm trying to do with it, if I'm trying to run it in hard or if I'm trying to get that almost that change-up like sink action. So it just uh, – for them to know the pitch shape uh, gives them a better better job, especially with all the framing and stuff like that. 
um, you know, we get a good idea of, you know, they put down one, but there's a, there's a variety of ways I can get to the other two without even shaking. So it makes it real easy that we can kind of maneuver through the game where they could put down one every pitch and I can throw, a, I can throw a different pitch by giving them a different little, uh, little thing to uh, keep the game moving without shaking. Touch some of the buttons on the Jersey, stuff like that. I think that was like, Mike no, you never know. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got a little bit of everything. Uh, guys got all kinds of stuff. Some of it's, uh, some of it's, you know, pretty obvious that you can just switch around and mess with the guys. And then some of it is, uh, you know, you can't really talk about it because it's, you know, some might be a little, uh, Really interesting for uh, other people to understand what you're doing with your hand motions or something like that. Yeah, I love the analytics can even come into to play with the the multiple fastballs and stuff. But I lo- what I love about watching you pitch is the mentality you bring to the mound. We're Yankees fans, so when you got traded over, I mean, it was just a ton of fun. That first start I think you made in Chicago after the Yankees got blown out in the Red Sox by the Red Sox. I mean, you shut the White Sox down, but you were also screaming, yelling on the mound, bringing this, like, kind of, I don't know, just bravado. Is that is that mindset or who you are on the mound? Do you have to mentally get yourself there, or is that just naturally who you are when you're, on, when you're out there? No, there's just something that happens when I'm standing on the mound and someone's trying to hit against me that it just, it's just pure anger that takes over. Uh, and I've had it my whole life. So I had to learn how to uh, tame it down a little bit because – Younger in my uh, days, especially with the Cardinals, it was, oh, he has a bad attitude. And then the weird part about it is when you start pitching better, it's like, oh, man, he's a bulldog. I know I'm still the same guy with the same meanness that I was before, but if you pitch a little better, you're a bulldog. If you struggle, you have a bad attitude. So I just decided if I pitch better, no one will talk to me about it anymore and they'll leave me alone, and it worked Yeah, I mean, I remember you struck, out, you struck out Polka and the White Sox during that game. And just turned turned off the mound and screamed, uh, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" and walked <laughs> off. And the mics picked it up, and it was like, "Hell yeah, I love this guy." Yeah, it just pops out every once in a while. I try to hold those in because you don't want to. I mean, when it's all said and done, you don't want to. You know, that was nothing at him. It's just one of those things where I get going and it kind of takes over. So it's never at a player unless uh, I, I've actually never yelled directly to a player or at a player. Just sometimes it just comes out and. That's just the unfortunate thing of it. But, uh, you know, it's okay because when I get a, give up a homer and they want to fit me, I'm okay with it. They, yeah, they yeah. got me. That's part of nah. it. So, uh, yeah, it's just in the moment. I'm, it's I'm like cool C- with it. CC uh, is very similar to you in that way where he's always yelling and screaming, but it's nothing personal. <laughs> Did you guys have yeah. a good connection when you came to New York? Yeah, man, it was it was awesome to uh, to play with him. I've, I've had the luxury of playing with, you know, a, a, quite a few, like, really good competitors, and he was – you know, he was awesome to be around, pick his brain, uh, talk to him about, you know, everything that he's gone through in his career and, you know, you know how he's able to – he went from a power guy to, you know, uh, being able to do what he did at the end of his career with, you know, manipulating both sides of the plate, using that cutter and stuff like that. So it was really awesome to, to be with him, uh, you know, that uh, half of that year to uh, – I mean, heck, I saw him pitch my – it feels like my whole life. I told him that when I got to him, I was like, man, I feel like I've seen you pitch since I was like four years old. Uh, but it was a little – I was a little older than that when he came up with Cleveland. But it was it was definitely – you know, when you get to play with guys like that, it's like one of those things where you feel like you've made it. And then you also – for me, growing up, I was a Yankees fan. I got to put on the pinstripe 
in Yankee Stadium, I was like, man, I finally made it to the big leagues. That's what it felt like. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about Thank that you. because Thank you. A, lot, a lot of guys come over and say that, you know, I grew up a Yankees fan and I always wonder how much is bullshit and uh, fan service yeah. and how much is real. But I mean, your, your dad grew up, your dad was a Yankee fan while you were growing up. Is yeah, that the history I, there? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember like in the, in the nineties when it was all going down, uh, you know, when the core four and everybody was doing their thing. Uh, I was a huge, huge Yankees fan. And I was like, 10 to 12 to 13 years old. So I got to go play in the Little League World Series. And it was just kind of one of those things where Yankees were always on TV and you loved them. You loved Jeter. Like, you know, you, you could guy that played the game, did everything the right way. And it's just like you watch, heck, I remember watching Clemens and uh, Pettit and Mucina and all those guys just just go after it. And, and then, you know, you had uh, the best closer of all time watching him play. So it's like you were a little spoiled. And I was like, man, this this would be this if I ever I want to make it to the bigs. I want to be there. I want to play. You know, I want to be on on that stage, or I want to play with those guys. You know, you didn't get a chance because uh, you know most of them were retired. But that was what you always thought. Like, if I ever make the big leagues, I want to be them. And then to be able to put on the same uniform as them was awesome. Yeah, I mean that's okay. Not bullshit. I love it. Yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you can't see us, but. Uh, that that just made us so happy because we can hold that over Trevor Plouffe's head for a, a little while. So thank you so much. Um, gotcha. I, I want to ask you a question about an, another guy you were you were teammates at a at a certain point. Uh, I mentioned you were an Ole Miss Rebel. Um, I, I'm not sure how how proud you are there. If you want to talk some Lane Kiffin, we can go there in a little bit. But um, you were teammates I, I with. See that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I think we Real all sweet. are. I, think we I, got, I have. I'm a USC guy, so I had experience with Ole Lane, and oh, wasn't yeah. always good. <laughs> yeah, we're, hope, we're we're hoping that uh, Lane's evolved over his time being at Alabama and his last yeah. job as the head coach. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. He brings a he brings a different uh, different fire that's been down there in the last couple of years. That's for sure. It's it's gonna be fun. The the Ole Miss Miss State game with Leach. I mean, it's it's gonna be crazy in that that part of the SEC. But I, I was going to ask you about uh, – you were teammates with Zach Kozer uh, down, down at Ole Miss. And I was, I was going through some of your numbers, and you, you owned him pretty good. Um, 51 at bats, nine hits, a 176 batting average. He does have three homers off of you. Did you feed him those three homers to, like, kind of cool things I, off a little bit? If I'm not mistaken, I think I gave him his first three homers oh. in oh, 2005. Wow. Yeah, so I get that was his first time we faced. He got me, and then from then on, it was like I'm gonna punch you out. Like let's get this over with. And then, but he he does such a good job of putting the ball in play. He was like well, but he got me three times, so he can have that. But I'll take you know I'll take that. What would you say 150 something? I'll take that. I'd rather I'd rather have the three homers in 150 than hit 330 with a bunch of doinks. Yeah, he's not, the three homers. he's not bragging about anything else versus you besides those three homers, which actually no player has more than three versus you. And see, that's surprising. I feel like I've given up some homers in my day. No, I was, I was looking at your stats versus, uh, versus hitters and all that, and there's a guy on here who seemingly gets hits off everyone, DJ LeMayhew, and you just absolutely own him. I mean, one for – one hit and twenty plate appearances. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good guy too, because uh, he's a he gets base hits. He puts a barrel on the ball and has a 
you know, a good approach to all sides of the field. So uh, to be able to uh, give him trouble is, uh, is a good feeling, that's for sure. Jake, Jake and I have been re-watching a ton of old World Series games and, and moments during this period of no baseball and just kind of reliving them. We just recently watched game six from the 2011 World Series, which I think is regarded as one of the better baseball games uh, ever. Well, you know, top up yeah. there. What was I know you you played you were you pitched in that game and then had a great view of the ending. Worst, one of my worst innings in my life, I think. <laughs> I think it was back to back homers. Back to back homers. Here's the World Series in like the seventh or eighth inning. Good job, rookie. Thanks for blowing the World Series <laughs> for us. That's what it felt like. We ended up coming back and win the game. I showed up the next night through the eighth and win uh, three up, three down. So. Uh, awesome. But no, man, that was your rookie year being able to be in a World Series uh, with like all the veterans and play with guys like Albert Pujols. And I mean, that can go on and on with, with all that. But game, game six, I'm sitting in a locker room after giving up two just absolute. Nelson Cruz took me Big Mac land like way deep to left. And I was like, dude, that was so far. And they, I just ruined the World Series. We were tied. Now we're down, whatever. And then next thing you know, we come back. They go ahead again, and we come back, and we win. And it's like it was the craziest moment in the like in my in my playing career. And then next thing you know, it's like, what just happened? And they're like, oh yeah, you got a game tomorrow night. And I'm like, dude, what in the world? I get I got to try to go to sleep after that. I thought I thought I ruined the world, and then now we won, and I got to get ready to go. And then next day, Tony's like, hey, you're in there tonight. I'm like, dude, did you not see the monster homer I gave up last night? What are you doing? And he put me back in there. I think I faced. I, I mean, remember, I was, felt like I was in the middle of the lineup. He put me right back in there. We did it, and we, we ended up winning the whole thing, and it was, it was crazy, that's for sure. Yeah, you, it looks like you faced Hamilton, Young, and Beltre uh, wow. in game, yeah. in game and seven. I gave, I, gave, I gave up a homer to Beltre the night before, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. what are we doing now? What are we doing here? Let's so, so back in there see if we got better luck. No way they game twice in a row, two nights in a row. Well, it worked out. How, hey, Lance, it worked how out. Did, how does game seven feel like, you know, obviously not a lot of people have that experience. I never even got to play a damn playoff game, which is horrible, but you know, are you at that point game seven, are you accustomed to kind of the nerves or just the, like how big that game is, or is it something completely different? Cause game seven, you know, it doesn't always get there. And like I said, like, this is something that not many people experience in their lives. Was it, was it a new experience or were at that time, were you kind of already in the postseason mode? I think you're, you're in the postseason mode. And uh, by that time, it's like, well, man, it's game seven. We got nothing to lose. We might as well just let it all hang out tonight. And then that's kind of like, the motto we went with it's like hey we just had the, like the greatest comeback ever the night before like we got these guys by the balls almost so let's just go out we hit them early and then we just kind of we just keep attacking them and then as next thing you know it was like the game kind of went it felt like it went like when you look back on it it probably didn't but for me it felt like the game went smooth and i was like dude i'm gonna get in this thing uh, let's do this and it's like i can't do worse than last night well hopefully not anyway so let's like just let it all hang out. And that's what I did. And it was just like, the next thing you know, I'm, I was 23, 24 years old. And I was like, dude, I, you love going back to remember it, but it was all such a blur. Cause I felt like the conventions kept me so locked in and didn't let the moment get too big for me. I mean, especially when you're pitching out of the bullpen and you, I've never really pitched out of the bullpen in my life. They kept me locked in down there and they kept me going. And 
didn't let me overthink anything or didn't let me think about anything except who I got to face that inning and what do I have to get done to help the team win. And next thing you know, it, it worked out. Did, did you like, do you like that path going, starting from the bullpen? Like the Cardinals did it a lot, um, you know, bringing you up and being a reliever. And then the next year you go back to starting. Do you think there's like lessons to be learned from spending time in the bullpen at a young age like that? Or do you wish you just starter to starter? Uh, well, I mean, everyone says starting uh, starting is the best gig in baseball. You only have to work one out of five days and you get paid the most. So I was like, no, I don't want to relieve. Uh, that sounds way better. And then, <laughs> but when you get when you get called up, you're like, you just want to do anything you can to not get sent back down. So I was like, I'll do whatever. And then the next thing you know is like, Tony and and Duncan, they really liked what I could do out of the bullpen. My velocity could get up to where it needed to be. I could strike guys out. They had it. They had it in their in their mind that eventually I was going to be a closer. And I was like, you know, I've never really done that. But there's nothing better than like finishing the game you started. But what about finishing a game every other night or every night? I was like, that kind of sounds cool. And then next thing you know, the next year was like, hey, we need you to start. When I came into camp, I thought I was going to be a late innings reliever. And then uh, Chris Carpenter came in with I think the thoracic outlet that year or, or something going on. And then they're like, hey, you're going to start. So it kind of just happened. It fell in place. But for me, it was like, whatever I have to do to be in the big leagues, I'm going to go get as many outs as I can for how long I can, no matter what spot I'm in. So that was kind of my mindset. And then everything else kind of took care of itself. And that's kind of, you try to do other things to force the issue. I think things kind of blow up on you. And that was my mindset. Go get as many outs when they tell you and they give you the ball. And then we'll find a spot to pitch you as long as you're getting outs. Man, that's I, I I feel as a baseball fan, it would have been nice to see you closing out games and screen scream and sit down, motherfucker. But the starting pitching yeah. thing is working out. Um so so that's hey, fine. There might be a second there might be a second act. I've already talked to Texas about this. I go, I'm I'm planning on starting until I'm like thirty six, thirty seven and then maybe close until I'm like forty two. There's there's some there's some thought to it. We've been talking about it. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean a- after that, I mean you start 30 games a season, basically, besides the, the Tommy John 2016. So, so what was it like when you get traded to the Yankees uh, in 2018 and they're saying, hey, we might use you in ro- long relief? I know it didn't last long, but was that something you were like, what the, what the hell, or just happy to be on a team that's going to the postseason? Was there any hiccups there? Uh, well, for me, I mean, the, the, the initial uh... – factor of being traded that was the first time ever so it's like okay where am I going and it's okay you're going to the Yankees I was like awesome I got to play for the Yankees you know that was, that was like a dream come true and then it was like shit I gotta shave my face that's gonna look terrible <laughs> and then it's like and then it goes to the fact that it's like all right and then I talked to uh Cass and uh Booney and everybody and they're like hey we got some ideas like we know we've, you know, they, I guess they did some homework on me and they knew that, Hey, this dude just wants to win. So if you put him in a situation where he, you know, where he's got a chance to help the team win, he's going to do it. He's not going to care about what it is and how you're going to do it. And so they were like, Hey, you know, we got some ideas, nothing set in stone. You are going to start some games, but we're also going to need you to help lengthen the bullpen a little bit from time to time. And they're, they're like, so we have no true plan, but we know that you're going to do both. We just don't know how it's going to go down. And then the first day I showed up, they're like, hey, go give us four out of the bullpen to save the bullpen that day. I was like, well, it's my start day anyways. We're good. And then next thing I know, I'm starting, and I started from then on out. So, you know, it was like one of those things where Booney was like, we want you to help. 
and we think that you can help in multiple different ways because of the way that you attack things. So we're not worried about you, uh, you know, not being able to, you know, relieve or start or whatever. So it kind of just worked itself out, and that's what they told me from the get-go. They're like, you are going to start games. We just don't know when and where and all that, but we also need you because we know you can throw out the bullpen. We know you can throw in high-leverage situations if that was a, a need also. Yeah, I was like, cool, I, let's do it. I think at, at that point, you know, your first time out of the pen, those first four innings, if they were anything good, you were getting sunny spot. That's just kind of where that season was at that point. And then you, you do what you did in Chicago. I think it was seven innings shutout ball with nine or ten strikeouts. So then you started the rest of the season. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching you pitch. I mean, like I said, just constantly yell. My favorite, Lance, was one time you struck a dude out, and then you just, you just said calmly to yourself, I'm down, right down the middle, got him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I'd say. Well, I, probably, I, probably, I, I probably went to like 0 trying to be cute. And then I just said, all right, here it is. Do it right down the middle. And I was fine. I'm like, what were you yeah. doing? Just do it from the get-go. <laughs> you kind of just shrugged. Uh, another story yeah, from, from your time with the Yankees was CeCe told a story that uh, on his podcast that on your off days, you would wear as many layers as you could during summer, always in the hoodie. So by the time you took the mound in the heat, you were well adapted. Any, is that true? Is that like a one-time thing? Or is this a strategy you take with you? We're going to Texas, hot as shit there. Hey, every day, wasn't starting in Texas. I had a hoodie on and a long sleeve shirt. I had a little, the hoodie was cut three quarters, but a hoodie was on, long sleeve shirt. That's every day, whether it's VP, whether it's game, whatever. The only time that I don't have that on is when I go jersey with a three-quarter cut shirt. And it's game day. So that's when I know it's game day. And then you, when you're out there and it starts getting a little hot or whatever, things start speeding up. You're like, man, I can actually feel a breeze. It's nice out here. And then you're good to go. So that's I love that start. It's I love that strategy. genius because Texas is the hot. I mean, it's like the hottest place to play in the big leagues. Like they literally have. Not anymore. Oh, yeah, not anymore. Yeah, no, it's going to be nice now. Yeah, they literally have guys set up with IVs after the game. When you're a visiting player, like – half the team is going to get an IV after these games. It's just so hot. You lose so much of your liquid that you yeah. got to do it. But that's a genius. That's genius. I mean, it makes I a lot of sense. In Saint, I started in St. Louis a long that's time ago. Uh, it was, yeah, so it gets muggy in St. Louis in the summer. So it was one of those things where it just kind of evolved where I was like, man, I'm going to just do one of these things where it's like, if you're miserable every day when you're out there without all this, all these layers on, you're going to be happy and you're going to feel good. So just go do that. And that was kind of my, to get over the heat because early on in St. Louis, man, if I had a day game when it was like 98 with 100% humidity, I was so miserable. And I was like, what can I do to change it? And I was like, I find that if I'm miserable every day, then nothing will bother me. So that was my thought. <laughs> I love it. That's so beautiful. That's, that's so beautiful. Uh, Lance, I, I kind of, this, this is a little open-ended, but we're, we're, we talk baseball, but we like, we like to keep it silly and have fun as you're seeing a little bit. What what do the people need to know about Lance Lynn outside of baseball? We talked hunting a little bit. Are you a movie guy? Are you a cooking guy? Like what 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 are you into? No, it's like as the funny thing is is I give like post game interviews and all that. Everyone thinks it's like man, this guy is the biggest dickhead that there is <laughs> in the world, and I kind of like it. I kind of like for him to feel that way because when you're out having dinner with your family, they're like, don't talk to him. He's a dickhead. And I'm like, cool, thanks. Keep on moving. I'm having dinner. I appreciate it. <laughs> but 
I'm not like that at all. It's like it's one of those things where sometimes when it comes to, uh, you know, when after a game or this and that, I, I don't like to give too much because, as you know, like other teams and this and that, they, I don't, they, they don't even know what I'm trying to do, and I, they're not going to try to tell me what they're trying to do. So I'm not trying to give away my secrets and this and that. But So it's easy. After every post game, it's my team did really good, or if, if we win, my teammates take care of me. If, they, if we lost, it was – most likely my fault. I gave up too many runs, so I leave it at that. It's that simple. But, I mean, I'm pretty easy going, laid back. I like to have fun. You know, I hunt, fish a little bit. First time really fishing in my life. I'm enjoying it. I can cook a little bit, especially when it involves a grill. And I and I, uh, I enjoy grilling out. And uh, I'm your typical, like, big, hairy uh, American meat, potatoes. I like to, like to hang out with my friends, drink a few beers, watch some football. You know, it's it's pretty obvious what are the things that I like. I just, uh, I'm just nicer than uh, people think I am. So that's about it. I think we should be friends, Lance. I like all of those things that you just said. Like I'm going to come over, bro. Yeah. I'm flying yeah, out. Sounds good. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's welcome, man. We got, we got bunk beds. We got a little bit of everything. We can, we can, uh, we can house 14 at the hunting cabin. We got a dock. We got it all. Speaking of, speaking of friends, I got to ask you, because I think it's as interesting. You played for a few different teams now. Who's who's been like your favorite teammate? Like you know, starting pitchers, they oh, get a man. lot of time on the bench, a lot of time to talk. Uh, later in my career, I spent a lot of time on the bench, got a lot of time to talk. Who was who was like your guy? Who's been your guy? I've had I've had, I've had multiple. So this is that's the hard, one of the hardest questions I've ever had, and most of them <laughs> are from my St. Louis days when you're learning the game and you're you know you're trying to you know, make yourself as best as you can be. And, you know, as a young kid, everyone wants to, like, help you, but they also, like, let you find your path a little bit. I got I got lucky in St. Louis. When I first, when I first came up, you had Chris Carpenter, Jake Westbrook, Adam Wainwright, and Kyle Loesch in the starting rotation. And you, and you had a guy like Jaime Garcia who works harder than any person I've ever seen. So I had, a little, like, a lot of guys that I could look up to. And then John Lackey came over who has – a very similar personality to me in some ways where, you know, you see him on the mound, he's very, you know, very aggressive or very, you know, demonstrative or whatever you may say, but he is one of the nicest dudes and takes care of every teammate that there, that he can. And so I got, I mean, I, I can't even pick one. That's just the start of it. And I got to be with CC. I mean, yeah. now I'm getting a little older. I'm getting with guys that are, you know, my age that are, that are awesome to be around and, in Minnesota, I had great times with uh, Jake Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson, who are, are are great dudes. So I've been I've been very blessed with uh, you know group groups that I've had, starting pitcher wise. And then you look at you know where we're at in Texas now with with Minor Gibby, Kluber. We got to get Kluber to talk a little bit more. We're working on that. <laughs> and then uh, and then and then Lyles. Uh, we're, we're we got a good group. Hopefully, we can uh, you know get back to playing as much baseball as we can this year because I'm really looking really looking forward to being with with that uh with those four so i mean when it comes down to it though man jake westbrook is 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 was a good dude yeah yeah carpenter westbrook and john lackey and and i i feel like i feel like that's a i'm 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 slighting wainwright and Loesch, and then you got i mean that's a tough one i mean i can't even give you a top five that's fine that's fine i i I love that because you do have a lot of time to talk and you you, you have a lot of friends Oh yeah, you go, especially when you start playing golf and then having a few beers. Like you seem to hit it off of a lot of people. So it's a it's a good, good it's a, you know it's good fraternity there and starting rotation. Like you got four out of five days where you can always find a fortune, and you can always uh, have someone to go have a beer with after a game and, and uh, have a little dinner. 
Yeah. Will, you will you tell Kluber that I say hello? Because I played against him a ton, faced Ooh. him a ton, oh, and I wow. would try to say hi to him all the time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't really get much out of him. But, well, you know, well, well, well. I like mean, a thing it's for me. You, you, yeah. you owned him, Trev, so he probably thought you were being like a jerk about it. I did. I didn't really own him. The numbers are a little skewed. Like I hit some homers off him, but I mean, he struck me out a ton. Like he's one of those guys. Like I could easily strike out three times against him and just be like, okay, whatever. It's just Corey Kluber on the mound. Not a big deal. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Kluber. Kluber's. Uh, Kluber's. Uh, uh, he's. He's. He's got a little bit more in there than people think, and it's. Uh, I got. I was starting to. I was starting to pull that out a little bit. I had to uh, make some jokes and for him to get him to open up a little bit. He's like, I would never say that. I dropped a – he dropped he, – there was something going on in spring training this year where he was uh, – they were like, hey, Corey, is it okay? He had to be – he was like, is it okay if I do this? I go, Corey, you got two Cy Youngs. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So and true. then he goes – and he goes, I will never say that. And I go, he goes, I will never use that. And I go, that's why I think that you're awesome, but I will use it for you every chance I get. And that's what I said. To, and then he just started like – he finally opened up a little bit. I was like, we're, we're going to have fun, man. It's going to be – we had, we had a good group, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that's funny. Klubot, I mean, you think it's just the on-the-field one, but then you hear stories and it's constantly like, no, that's who he is. He just kind of – No, he's just – he's got a little bit in there. We got him on the golf course. He opens up a little bit. He, he hides it He hides it better than I do. Like, I, I just come off as a as a dickhead. He actually, like, just comes off as someone who doesn't talk. So, okay. he, he does it a little better. I guess people might just think that he's just shy. I come off as the mean one, so it's all good. I'm thinking about that rotation now, and it's like kind of my nightmare. Like backdoor two seamers from hell. We got you doing that. We got Kluber doing that. We got Gibby doing that. I mean, that's disgusting. That, that's that's my yeah. last, that's my least favorite pitch in the game is like how you guys x the corners, and yeah. you'll throw that cutter, and then all of a sudden, so you lay off that, and then you throw the two seamer that runs back. Then you got the four seamer up top. Like that's that's probably why I'm not playing anymore. Is people starting to do that? <laughs> And you guys just have a rotation full of guys that can. And I can just see, like, all of you getting together and even getting better. And I'm, I'm starting to think about the Texas Rangers now. You got that. We have a really starting five for you. It. Yeah, we got a starting five for you, and everybody likes to compete. So that's what it's all about. You know, if you got, if you got five starters that go out there and try to compete every day, as you know, as a hitter, if you, got, if you know you got five guys that are just doing everything they can to win a ball game that day, it gives you that extra little bit. It's like, okay, we just got to chip away. We don't have to try to do too much. And next thing you give us four or five, you know, or three to four, you got a chance to win ball games every day. And that's how you, that's how you string stuff together over a season. At the end of last year, Lance, like there was a lot of rumors that for you on the trade deadline and minor and a lot of, a lot of Rangers players that I thought that there was going to be some moves to be made. I didn't put together the new stadium and wanting to compete right away and all that. How was it for you guys? Did they tell you right away, like, hey, you're all here? Did you worry? Did you – was anyone, like, nervous? Because, I mean, Miner was, was in, like, every trade room. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, well, Mike was – he was the one that was mentioned the most. And uh, Mike's, a, Mike's a, like, his family, he's got a – he loves his family and all that. I think that's the one that he kind of – the one the most – like, he, did, he loved it there. He loves it there in Texas and all that. It was kind of one of those things where he didn't like hearing it every day, which – if you like where you're at and your family feels good and you're doing well and, the, and your team's kind of coming along, it's like, man, I kind of want to be here for this. I want to see, I want to go into the new stadium. I want to, I want to be a part of what they're doing here. And I think that was the, he was the one that kind of was, uh, it kind of got at the most because he obviously was the one that, you know, he was an all-star. He was having, 
you know, a great year and, you know, the, the way this contract stuff worked out for me, on the other hand, I had two more years left. You hear my name a little bit. Um, but the, when the Rangers signed me, like, Hey, we want you and Mike to take us into the new ballpark. And then you start hearing Mike saying, you're like, okay, well, what are they doing? It's like, and JD started talking to all of us and we're like, here, here's what I got. He's like, I'm doing my job. I got to listen to everyone. And I was like, I understand that. And that's the game. This is the way it is. And I was like, if you can get three to five to six prospects that can help you for the next six years, you have to listen. Like you, we've seen it, how look at the Rays and teams that are doing what they're doing. We're getting young talent uh, by guys that might be like, or doing really well for them and have incredible years, but that's how you get the, the best prospect package you can get. So I was like, we, we understood it, but it's never fun because, you know, we got to, you got to put your family, this and that, but you know, it's all that it's part of the game. And that's the way I've taken the whole thing. It's like, I, I've loved every situation I've been in in my career. I've been lucky with all four organizations I've played with. And I've been with really good organizations and they've all been, you know, truthful to me. And that's all you ask for. And JD was, you know, as truthful as he could be without, you know, with why doing his job. He's got to do his job. He's got to listen. If he just says, hey, I'm not going to trade these guys. And then he leaves a package on the table that could bring out, bring, you know, three or four future all-stars, then you're looking at men. You got to, you got to turn, you know, as they say, you got to turn over every stone or something like that. But, you know, it kind of sucks when you're name, but it's also part of the gig, you know, unless you have a no trade clause. Man, I, I, I got my juices flowing when you started talking about being Kluber's hype man and, and, and <laughs> a, just thinking about baseball this year. And th this is a question I've asked a few guys, cause I, we've, we've gotten some interesting answers, but who, who was the dude at Rangers camp that you guys were walking away and saying, like, uh, more people need to know this guy's name? Is it someone like Willie Calhoun? Is it, like, do people need to just talk about Gallo more because he's a freak? Or who, who was kind of turning heads at Rangers camp? Well, I mean, I think, I think Willie kind of last year put his foot down and was like, hey, I'm a big leaguer. And that was what I think they were waiting for him to do. He took a lot of steps um, – in all aspects of his life to really lock into being the best player he can be. So a lot of guys are really looking forward to him, to him having a full season. Like, man, this kid can hit. There's no, like, there's no question about it. He, he's got juice and he, he's got one of those swings that doesn't feel long, but man, can he put a, put a, put a ride into it. And then you got Joey who all he does is when he's healthy, he's hit like 30 homers, 30, 40 homers. It feels like. And he, around the league, I feel like is until last year, until he made the all-star team, there's really not a whole lot of respect for him because he, when he first came up, he struck out a ton, you know, it was like he hit 30 homers, but he struck out a hundred times or, and you know, whatever he did. And he has more homers than he does singles and stuff like that in his career, which is crazy to me. Never seen anything like it, but those, those two guys are, are so young. And then you look at everything around him. We were able to put Fraser around him. You know, you have Elvis, you have Odor, you know, you need, you need, we need Odor to kind of take that next step. You know, he still hits 30 and drives in a hundred, but it's like, you look at those things, you're like, man, we gotta, we gotta get a lineup here. We just need to, we just need to get everybody going in the right direction and, and doing the things they need to do. Cause as you know, in this game now, there's so many, so many different saber metrics and this and that video. And there's ways to explore, hit, exploit hitters every day, especially if they don't pay attention to, to what pitchers are doing and how they're getting attacked and stuff like that. So a lot of these kids are really diving in and learning how to do those things and how to uh, understand what pitchers are trying to do to them. And it's going to be exciting to see 
you know, the steps that they take here in the, well, hopefully, you know, this year and, and, on, and on in the future. I love hearing that about Willie. I got to, I was in Rangers camp in 2018, so I got to meet some of these guys. And Willie needed that. He needed the push in the right direction. I think he was one of those guys who's always been a high prospect and kind of took some things for granted. And I, I saw the light bulb kind of click for him when he was in AAA and he knew like, look, I got to, I got to change some things if I want to be a big leaguer. And it's really fun to see those guys realize that. And then like, start pushing and pushing. And then, yeah, last year he had success at the big league level. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, but he got hit in the face, which uh, he broke his jaw, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a scary, scary thing there. He actually, when I guess when it came down to it, um, he, by getting hit in the face, he had the best outcome that you possibly can be. He didn't have any concussion stuff. Like, yeah. he, he didn't have to do too many, you know, like, wiring and all that stuff so i mean he, when you get a 95 to the face and then come out of it with about as least of the uh bad case scenario as you can like i, I was we were very happy to hear that for him and you know i think he's back hitting and doing everything and there's a good chance if we we're able to get this going he's gonna be ready to go when, when we're ready to go so that's exciting that's great i, I really i really root for him another guy i gotta ask you about and because he's a buddy of mine we're from the same area High energy guy, you never have to tell this guy to work hard, and I'm I'm sure you've probably seen it. Scott Heineman, how do you how do you feel about old Scotty Heineman? Do you remember you him at all? Yeah, toe toe walking through the clubhouse, Heineman. He loves. Oh he's my stretched. gosh! Uh, uh, Scotty is he is that dude super talented. I'm I'm yes. anxious to see what he's gonna <laughs> do um, when he gets a chance. You know, he's a guy that it's, I don't know know him from his past. I just hear that he's had a lot of you know, bad injuries and had some bad luck and stuff like that. But man, this kid, he's a high energy, as you say, he's always yes. got pep in his step. That's why I always got, he's always, he's always toe walking through the clubhouse. <laughs> if he's got that, he's got that pop to him. And man, he's exciting. Uh, and he can play. I mean, they had him playing first a little bit last year. He played all three outfield positions. They, they, and, he, and he works. He's a worker too. So man, he's a, he's a good kid. That's for sure. I, I love, he'll love that you said that about him. He's very – he wants people to, like, like him. And, yes, yeah. he's, like, the hardest oh, yeah. worker. You're not going to find anybody oh, else yeah. that works harder than him. He, he's, the, he's the man. He will say last year he had to have shoulder surgery. They were, like – they thought it was a little clean up. And then he came into camp and couldn't couldn't do, couldn't do swing a bat because – and every day I was like, hey, I asked him if he was – I always give him a hard time. Like, hey, you're going to shag some flies today. Like, are you going to get some work in out on the outfield? Because you can't hit. You might as well get better at defense or something. Just kind of – just kind of messing with him, seeing what he got, what he had on the table that day. Because you know it is when you're hurt, you can't do anything. You feel like you're not a part of anything. Like you're yeah. like you're on the island, you can't do anything. So I was like, hey man, you like we're gonna need you. Like come on, like just because you're hurt doesn't mean we can't get better every day. And he kind of he had that. He, we had some fun with it. So I, I enjoyed him quite a bit. That's good. That's really good to hear. He's gonna love. It. I'm gonna tell him to check this out. He's gonna love it. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned that you were in the Little League World Series. You also mentioned new teammate Todd Frazier, Mister Little League World Series. Have you guys uh, traded battle scars? You know, I think you. I think Tom's River. I don't think it was his team, but I think you played against his team. Or what's your Little yeah, League they, World uh, Series history? Uh, mine was terrible. We went zero and three. I gave up a walk off grand slam in game one. Ruined it Not. for the whole town. My whole town. <laughs> I ruined it for the whole town when I was twelve years old. Never lived it down. Uh, but no, I, I was giving like, yeah, he is like Mr. Little League World Series. So he was, uh, we did play against, uh, we had a Tom Driver team there when I was there and I, we talked about it a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, as you know, Frazier is, Frazier is like the the Todd father of the Little League World Series. I don't think the Little League World Series in, like existed before Frazier played in it, right? No, no, yeah, never. That's what, that's no. what, uh, no, yeah, I was like, that's, that's when it started. I feel like or he but put no, it on the map. Yeah, we uh. we joked we joked a little bit about it. Yeah, he's. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's always a good laugh for sure. And then I had I had a tough run, tough run there. Gave up a walk off grand slam. I think I went like three for seven at the plate. So that was, you know, it was a, it, we didn't we didn't have a, we didn't have our best showing. We went zero and three there as in the central region. But my town went two years later. <clears throat> and then so we had, we had a pretty decent high school team with that group and my group being two years apart. And then uh, heck, you look at our high school team or our town. Like Drew Storm was uh, when we were when I was a senior in high school. We were the same pitching staff, and then Tucker Barnhart was a as an eighth grade eighth grade shortstop and being a catcher. So we had a decent oh. decent little town of athletes. That's for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, heck, I remember Gordon Gordon Hayward was a freshman. Of like a five foot eleven, five foot ten wow. freshman point guard when I was a senior, and then next thing I know, I came back like two years later. He's six eight and <laughs> is the man. So I was like, dang, that kid grew a lot while I was gone. That's a nice little hotbed of athletes. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, we had a good, we had a good little run. That's for sure. Awesome, man. I I, I don't. We, we could talk baseball with you all day, Lance. <laughs> we we talk anything <laughs> with you all day. Um, I, I don't know if you if you've got anything for us. We're we're here for it, but uh, otherwise we can let you go. Um, but yeah, man. If if you're playing baseball or if you're around Yankee Stadium, we got an office there. If you want to talk with Mike's, if you don't want to talk with Mike's, like we're we're down for anything, man. This was Stop awesome. By. What we got? Yeah. Basically, Jake just. Asked you out on a date. I think yeah, that's what happened so. right there. Yeah, gotcha. No, uh, hey, if we uh, if we ever uh, you know hopefully get back to uh, you know normal where we can actually travel and do some stuff when we're in town playing the Yankees, I'd love to stop by and do something before a game. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool, Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your quarantine time. Good luck with the hunting, and uh, we'll catch up later. I appreciate it, guys. Everybody, stay safe. Thanks, thanks, Lance. Thanks, Lance. Thank you. And that was Lance. Covered a lot of stuff. We covered his World Series trip, getting traded to the Yankees, bullpen, starting, Little League World Series, hunting. I didn't get to ask him about if the pizza and beer thing was true. Wikipedia says that the Cardinals hired a chef to tell him to switch from pizza and beer to water and vodka. <laughs> I couldn't see – I can't see your guys' lower half, but I'm pretty sure – you both got boners, or all three, you got boners when he talked about his time in New York and how he finally made it to the big leagues because he was playing in New York. Are you just upset that you've never had that feeling? Because almost every player that puts the pinstripes on says that. And uh, granted, a lot of times it's fan service and bullshit, but I feel like not every player goes to the Twins and gives the bullshit, I finally made it to the big leagues. So are you just well, a little jealous, Trev? It's big market. No, it's it's true. It's It's big market. So, like – ask anybody that plays um they'll tell you like there are teams that are more foray than big leagues and then there's teams like new york and teams like la teams like chicago like those are what guys will say like this is the big leagues because you get treated differently you get treated better you know the cities are better the food is better everything is better so i get it i just you know i gotta i I'm the balance, man. I'm the balance here. There's so much Yankee love. I got to balance it out. Even though sometimes I make it up, like I make my hate up for the Yankees sometimes. But 
I have to be that person. For you, would it be the Dodgers? Like, do, do you think that it would be more special for you if you put on, like, the the Dodgers uniform than the Yankees uniform, just growing up as a West Coast dude, L.A. guy? I don't know. I, I will say this. I think that in L.A., there's just so much going on that, like, right. if you're a Dodger, like, unless you're you look a certain way, like, Justin Turner's going to get noticed everywhere because he's he just has that look, you know? But in New York, I feel like the athletes are – you know, we have the actors out here. We have the musicians out here, whatever. Like, it's kind of like a melting pot. But in New York, I mean, if you're a Yankee, you walk on the streets, people are going to know who you are. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's kind of like the vibe I get when people talk about, like, being in the big leagues. It's like, dude, you're, you're the king of New York if yeah. you're a Yankee. So I, I get it. The other thing is, like, a lot of people don't realize how much the bigger teams like the Yankees and stuff, like, do behind the scenes like when Zach yeah. Britton got traded to the Yankees from the Orioles he was like I don't have to pay for daycare anymore the yes. Yankees provide daycare and don't make us pay for it and he was like that's amazing and we were like wait what the Orioles made you pay every day that you dropped your kid off and it's like yeah. little things like that and Mike Carkey the, the Yankees bullpen coach he went to the Arizona Diamondbacks as the pitching coach for like two years he came back and he was like man like traveling is different the hotels oh, yeah. are different oh the food yeah are different he's like i felt like i went back to triple a yeah if you're playing for the yankees you were getting the the best hotels i mean early in my career with the twins we were staying in a double tree in anaheim the you know the yankee stay like the ritz at fashion island like it's as major leaguers you're staying at a double tree yes so yeah, that's brutal. I would not expect that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely different. That's, that's a whole, that's another reason why guys say that. I mean, the food, like I, I think I mentioned this, the food is just going to be better. The hotel is definitely, that's, a, that's a big thing. Like I mentioned before, like you play in Texas, like I, we stayed at like a Ramada, you know, like a six flags Ramada with the twins. And if you're playing with the Yankees, you're staying at the Ritz. So it's those things means something and then they 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 i think they help man they really do you're more comfortable well good job trev says the yankees are the best regrets that he never got a chance to play there i would have raked you know my stats against the al east i would have i would have raked i probably i probably would have been an all-star a few times that al east is weak it's a weak division everyone knows that jake thoughts yeah no i mean that uh that ramada in arlington is a great place to get a lady of the night if that's what you're into um, but yeah, it's a, it's always good to be a Yankee. That's what I always say when I put on the pinstripes. <laughs> All right. So that was Lance Lynn. He's the best. That was a lot of fun. Root for him moving forward. I would say like tweeted him and say you enjoyed it, but he doesn't give a fuck. No, no, don't, don't bother. Don't bother him. Yeah. Oh, I have something. And if they've wow. gotten to this point, um, I, last I checked, we were at 996 reviews on talking baseball so give if you're, what, what you're, do we want what do we want that thousand review push to be trevor plouffe the yankee something like yeah. that can't we just all four of us just go on and review it ourselves right now and just like yeah but get that's, us to a thousand? that's lame i'd i'd give it like a four stars give a five star review and put trevor plouffe yankee great yeah yankee killer yeah yankee great that's what i said ops okay. plus 115 15 <laughs> better than league average 776 regular OPS. 
nine homers. Every fucking damn part of that park. Second decker. Can you say uh, go up top? But like when you say go up top. <laughs>